You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo. Uh, before we get into today's episode of Axe to Grind, we got a little premiere track for you. You know we love doing this stuff. Um, the band is Domain. Their debut LP, Life's Cold Grasp, coming out March 8th. Pre-order is going up today on Days. So go to days-style.com, days-style.com. That's where you get all the merch. You get the pre-order. Um, you got to check this one. The song is called Corrode. Features a, a very familiar voice. So features the vocalist of Indecision, Tom Sheehan. So check this song out, Corrode, by the band Domain. Go get that LP off Days, days daysstyle.com. Let's go. To Axe to Grind, the hardcore podcast. I am Eric, filling in for Patrick. I'm Bob. 
I'm Tom. You don't even have to say filling in. You're Eric. No, you, yeah, you, you're now. You're Eric, like, you, yeah, you just got to well, go. You got to restart. Might it. not even be a temporary thing. If no, no. I wanted, I wanted to give it that like news correspondent kind of kind of oh, style okay. to it. Like, oh, I respect you know, it. look at this, you know? Mr. It may not be temporary Ooh. if you keep fucking around like that. Um, <laughs> so, Eric, thank you for jumping in. Let's give a little of the uh, behind the curtain. <clears throat> Jesus our, Christ! Our good friend. Ah. Our, uh, our, fear, our, fear, <laughs> our fearless Gilligan. Our acquaintance. <laughs> wow, friend of the um, pod. Did you, hear, the pod. did you hear, Eric, about the... He, he sent an invitation out to uh, um, one of our dear friends, and uh, that friend said, this is exactly what I should expect for the worst, from the worst friend I've ever had. Oh, my God. I know. It was, it was brutal and hilarious in the moment. Like, I read it. I cackled. I knew part of me was laughing because it was so funny. Part of me was laughing because I knew how hard Tom was laughing about it. Oh, I was dying. I it was like so like it was succinct and it like worked on like three layers. Like surgical. It was just like Yeah. Like someone like, walking up and going, Oh, here, hold on. I'm gonna do quick open heart. Okay, we're all done. Yeah, like imagine like your good friend comes up to you and is like, Yeah, I already told these other two guys. But if you want to come, it's happening. You'd be like, What the wanna? Fuck? Yeah. It was like so, like thrown off, and what? It, oh, but the way fantastic. he responded, I loved like, it. Totally dry. It was, you know, oh my god. So, anyways, so today, so uh, I actually spoke with Patrick earlier this week, and was like, "Hey, you got a you got a day off? I know you get to Europe, but you got a day off on Monday between your shows. I, I don't remember. I think it was Belfast, and then uh, it was last Dublin night, and then Belfast, yeah. Dublin or or some Belfast, Dublin, one of those, and then Glasgow, whatever it is." And he had a full day off. And I was like, you're probably traveling. Don't know what that looks like. Whatever. But, uh, you know, let's try to let's try to make that work. It's been radio silence, which, hey, that's all right. That's the way acts to grind rolls sometimes. Um, sure. <clears throat> reach out today. Talk. Tom, as per, is like, hey, yeah, 8 o'clock. Sure. All right. Cool. We're cool. Cool. Let's see where Patch at. I do put in a request to him also. Hey, post up that Patreon. He doesn't reply, but he does do the thing he's asked to do. Oh, love another, that. another staple behavior. Very good. Good oh, yeah. work by you, Patrick. And then we finally hear from him. He's like, I'm trying. I'm, I just got here working on Wi-Fi that's being run by like a mouse chasing a gopher. Ah, <laughs> um, I'm at a casino across the street. Yeah. yeah. Then, then he's like, ah, it's, a, it's a hard no. I can't do it. The Wi-Fi is so bad. Oh, I'm outside screaming in the rain. Um like Andy Dufresne, he's out yeah. there like Andy Dufresne, just crying to the. Meanwhile, we know, we know that mf'er is laying in a hotel bed, watching Sports Center or the mm. UK equivalent, watching Forensic Files. Yeah, taking his belly button, scrolling <clears throat> the internet. So, uh, shout out to our good friend uh for doing that and and even more thank you to eric for stopping in eric how's your day how you doing how you feeling uh doing all right it's been raining in los angeles for a while uh i i personally am no stranger to the rain having grown up in the northeast but uh people really there there already is like a psychic bubble of mental illness that like encompasses los angeles county of the people that live out here when it when something happens that they're not used to happening, it really something like really like deranged happens inside of them. Also, the line for in and out is uh blocks long. 
<laughs> yeah, like, uh, oh, no, it's raining. We better stock up on In-N-Out. They need it. Um, they can't live without it. Well, with that said, to things you love and can't live without, mm. let's let's get to our sponsors, some folks we love and can't live without. Uh, thank you to Run For Cover Records. Big up. <laughs> He's doing well. Thank you to Close Casket <laughs> Activities. Let's go. Thank you to Convulse Records. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And thank you to To Live a Lie. Ow. And we're going to start. So really, you did. That was a good Patrick impression all along. Uh, <laughs> we're going to start with To Live a Lie. To Live a Lie.com. And you're going to click on the web store. <laughs> we're going to highlight what, for my money, is one of the best records of 2024 so far. Um, I know it's early, so saying that's kind of a funny thing. Uh, this is the Dry Socket Sorry for Your Loss LP. Uh, band from Portland, uh, Oregon, Pacific Northwest. You got it. Uh, look, when you see a record that's coming out, it's a split release between To Live a Lie and I think Blind Rage has an exclusive as well. Um, you think it's just going to be fast. I've seen some videos. I listened to some of the older material. Certainly fast, certainly punk, certainly hardcore, but like leaning on that chaotic, crazy side. Then I started listening to this new LP, and I don't know if it maybe just was lost on my me previously. This record is beefy. The guitars are big. It's, it's riffy. Riffing and and like, look... Some of the the comps get painted black, punch, negative approach. Sure, sure, sure. I hear stuff even going towards Suicide File, yep. Death Wish catalog, Bridge Nine catalog, early stuff, early aughts. Um, because of how big the riffs are, there it feels very unafraid. Um, in the same way, riff wise, as some of the like the way I feel about Gel, where I think their riffs. Yeah, they're a punk hardcore band through and through, as I would say for Dry Socket. But they're not afraid to go big riff, and they're not afraid to show like, "Hey, we can we can play these guitars like an MF and vibe." Um, great record, I think. Uh, friend of the pod, Dave, uh, toured the Pacific Northwest and said this was the best band that Planet on a Chain played with. Um, and that was no diss to any of the other bands they played with. It's just that this band stood head and shoulders above everything else. They just like crushed. So um, everybody's going to go check this record out. I don't know how many copies of this record are left. So go get it now to liveali.com. Dry socket. Sorry for your loss. Uh, get it now or you're going to have to catch a repress because this thing's, this thing's good. This is going to be one of those records that makes it this year. So check that out. Um, <clears throat> we're going to swing over to Convulse Records. ConvulseRecords.com. This one's going to be quick. Because it reflects the band. You know I love that. Uh, the Ultras, uh, self-titled 7-inch. <clears throat> this is a band who I remember getting the demo. Really liked it. Uh, folks from World Peace and Fentanyl. Uh, two bands who are fast, fast, fast. This is fast, but also has some stomp to it. So if you like to you know, kick your feet a little bit, uh, this is there. Yo, honestly... <clears throat> This whole bucket of bands, whether it's World Peace, Fentanyl, I think you go over towards Spy even. Ultras fits in this. Uh, get it now. I Let me look. Let me look. Is there 
the clear vinyl is still available right now out of 100, but I don't think it's going to last long. I ordered mine already. Uh, go get this one. Uh, I, If you like Fast Chaotic Hardcore, this is it. So check it out, convulsrecords.com. Eric, I know how you're doing. I know how you're feeling. Tom, how are you doing and feeling on this Monday evening? I'm doing all right. <laughs> you know, it's a Monday. Long day at work, but it was fine. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You're Eric, not- how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm <laughs> Putting together, I, uh, you know, I'm trying to trace, you know, where in the world is Patrick Inland? Yeah, yeah, oh. you know, like a Carmen San Diego thing. I got these. Eric, uh, I have a pitch for you. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, you're like our artiste friend, you know, you, you can make mm-hmm. stuff happen. Okay. <laughs> okay. I want to maybe think of doing a, um, a reality show. All right. Of following Pat around the world. But him using people like listeners' Wi-Fi. <laughs> oh, I see. Like a Tony oh, yeah. Bourdain kind of thing. Sure, sure. But you know, like he's in Glasgow. I'm yeah. like, we have to know some Glaswegian people that would let you come over and sit in there in their parlor for an hour. Is Glaswegian the? Uh, is that the the term? For it is citizen. The nomenclature, I, sure. Yeah, I, I have family in Glasgow, Glasgow, so yeah. Oh wow, Glaswegian. So Tom, um, very. Uh, like Bell and Sebastian would have let him come over and use his fucking like. Come on. 100%. And, and he suggested this. Patrick was like, oh, scoff. Husha. I don't want to get black mold by going to a peasant's house. Ugh. Um, some, something like that, I think, is what he said. I, I don't know if it was the direct quote. Um, but I he think. in a garage for like a year, remember that? <laughs> it was the party so good for people. <laughs> so. Is, uh, he, is Patrick like our Larry David? No. No, he's you don't think so? He's like Newman. Kinda. I think he's more like Newman. Kind of. In his eye. He's more like, like Newman. Like a Michael Richards uh, Laugh Factory energy, you know? Wow. Um, <laughs> so I have some questions, and I, I hinted at this to you guys. Um, we're going to talk some hardcore today. This is a hardcore podcast. We're going to talk about things that I've been thinking about. Some things that I'm going to refer to as unpatriotic. Mm. Mostly because they're conversations that I think the three of us easily can have, but most especially the two of you can can have that maybe Pat would be throwing a wet noodle into, you know. And uh, Tom, occasionally, you've been known to have a conversation with Patrick that veers into topics that get too wily because his stance borders on. What's the word you would use on some of Patrick's more? Uh... I mean, I think I don't think it's a stance. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. That's right. Like I think, mm-hmm. like he's like, if you're going that way, all right, I'll take the other way. Oh yeah, that's, he loves right. that's right. I don't he think he actually it. has like a real stance. He just likes to be like, what can I say to get the conversation started? Sure, and I appreciate right. It. He, right. He 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 attended a few too many debate uh, club meetings as a uh, as a teen at bard yeah, yeah. Oh, at bard oh um <laughs> so we're gonna get to that but before we do let's talk some hardcore um <clears throat> we're gonna once again do a big shout out to our friends in the band cosmic joke everybody should check out the new Cos- cosmic joke lp um we actually have a roommate of a band member on the show oh, yes, right now. that's right that's right. That's right. Um, did did you make it to the cosmic Mike, joke? I know. I'm living with the biggest <laughs> rocket. Do you? Did you make it out to the cosmic joke uh, record release show? 
Uh, well, number one, Evan's the man. Couldn't Evan's couldn't have a better man. roommate, great friend. Um, yeah. Yes, I made it to the release show, and I also made it to their gig with MS Paint a few nights ago. Oh hell yeah! How was that show? That was that was awesome. Uh, packed out room at the Echo uh, in Los Angeles. Um, MS Paint is a band that I really. I, I definitely slept on them and they, they, I'm sold now. They rock. Uh, and people are very into the cosmic joke. Yo, and, and some would say they're in on the cosmic joke. <laughs> oh shit. Yo, that is that a t-shirt design or what the, like I'm in on the cosmic joke. That's so good. That's so good. <laughs> All right, let me ask you. Yeah. Evan is an upgrade, right? Oh my God! Are you kidding? <laughs> like, I mean, you know what I'm asking. Oh yes, I know what you're asking. So <laughs> you I, just bring for, a green screen and a cot. <laughs> for the listeners, my Patrick was my roommate uh, uh, once upon sure. a time. Sure. Evan uh, has been my roommate, I guess, longer at this point. Uh, yeah, he uh, Evan understands uh, uh, hygiene and cleanliness and uh, mm-hmm. washing one's dishes and uh, uh, yes, yes, he he has a bed. Unlike uh, Mr. Kinlan, who slept on a cot, uh, because and when I would ask him, he said, "I he would say some variation of uh, I don't deserve a bed." Correct. I was like, what, yeah, is he was, he was, what is he was trying to? He was trying. He had a uh, self uh, self put on goal of he needed to do X, Y, and Z before he would get himself a bed. So that he was trying to use that as motivation. I think yeah. you heard that and, on the Joe Rogan podcast once. <laughs> Probably. And, and, nice and there, would, every day. there would be times where I would say, so what's up? Are you going to get a bed? And he would go, what is it with you and this bed thing? He would get <laughs> like very, very, very sassy about it. Um, ironically enough, Patrick is my last roommate. Mm. That's a funny thing. In, in Albany? Yeah, 14 years ago. Wow. No, 15 now. Jesus Christ. Um so here's my question for you guys. Do you want a couple hardcore questions to kind of some icebreakers? Sort of like grease the wheels? Sure. Let's do it. Um, all right. Do, 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 do. Um, all right. We got a question here. Why do bands hate Jacksonville, Florida? LOL. The, the, the question answers itself. <laughs> LOL part there. Uh, Jacksonville, it is. Uh, Tom, let's do a Florida City ranking hardcore version, and then, then we can do a non-hardcore version. I think Jacksonville is behind Miami and probably behind Tampa in the hardcore. Probably. And Miami's version. four. Miami's real. Miami's Miami, four. you have to make a trip. Miami's is Miami. Let's see. Uh, Miami might be six hours from Jacksonville. Let's see. I got to see this. Uh, maybe I'm exaggerating, but it feels like it's six hours. I think um, FYA has helped establish Tampa as sure. the capital. Yep. Right. Is that fair? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, Miami has I its own a, scene and has for a long time. Uh, yeah, have. Five hours from Miami to Jacksonville. Um, Jacksonville had a real th- I think Jacksonville. Florida had a real thing for a while. For sure. And yeah, you could do two and three shows on a tour there. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and think about Daytona Beach was a spot people would hit for sure. Orlando's always kind of phased in and phased out. Um, Gainesville still, right? Gainesville's got its whole world of stuff. So whole you get world. that. Um, so my whole answer world. is that Hardcore doesn't hate Jacksonville. You might just be in a slump. Um, go ahead and book a show. 
book some shows. Um, in we got in a riot. We caused a riot in Jacksonville. Talk about the Jacksonville riot. It was like the promise and us and who else? Love is red and somebody else. There were Nazis at the show. Whoa, that doesn't so, you're hardcore to the city. Okay, no. And so um, the bands beat up the Nazis bands and some of our friends from like Chicago and other and Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And then we realized the bouncers were like friends with the Nazis. So then we beat up the bouncers. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. What year was this? Two thousand three. And we were the last band and um, they unplugged everything Hmm. while we were playing. And um, there was a story like that. So the owner of the venue like gets up on the stage to like come after us and a friend of the, uh, of some of ours um, that plays in a very, very popular Baltimore band um, who lived in Florida at the time, apparently was like hanging from one of the pipes and kicked the guy's glasses off and then came down and stomped on them. <laughs> it was like a very like, like a nineties, like this is what punk is like, kind of thing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but then we, yeah, every time we'd come to Florida, they're like, we're coming to fucking, we're coming to Pensacola. We're going to fucking kill you guys. We're coming to fuck. And then they never did. But so that's Jacksonville was kind of weird for that. Yeah. I, yeah. I think- how close is it to Atlanta? Oh, I, I, Jacksonville to Atlanta is probably similar. Um, oh, okay. Five hours. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I love. I love map time. Um, I think. Oh, is that an interesting? Is Jacksonville? It's almost exactly. Yeah, it's five hours to Jacksonville from Atlanta. So, five hours from Jacksonville to Atlanta. Five hours from Miami to Jacksonville. Is Jacksonville? Could you argue that Miami is? Miami, Tampa, and Orlando are not southern cities, but really just Florida cities. And that Jacksonville might be part of the South. <sighs> Good me. <mate. laughs> and I don't say that. In a, I, I don't say that in a disparaging way. I say it because there was a time um, when, say, the band Kids Like Us was tied in with bands going up to Nashville, bands from Richmond, etc. Jacksonville was part of like a show circuit. Like there was a lot going on. For sure. Um, and I don't know. I can't think of many current Jacksonville bands, and that's going back quite a ways. So uh, people put us on to stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll check it out. I don't think right. people hate it. I think you might no. just be in a downswing. Sorry. Uh, Florida City's my rankings go Miami. Then a long break. Then Tampa. And then could I just go back to Miami? Um, like for fun or for hardcore? Fun, fun, fun. Hardcore, hardcore. The rankings are. I, I, I it's to me. I still think I, I respect Miami. I, I've seen a lot of creative, weird stuff come out of Miami, and I think it's just. I think it's isolation has made it something. I think Tampa for sure. I think FYA has done a lot there. I think they got they got a world there. Um, and then, but Jacksonville, you know, could argue it's been as established. I don't remember. What about Key West? Do you think there's ever been a hardcore show in Key West? I do. Maybe one. I bet it was some goofy thing. You know what I mean? So somebody from South Florida get it, key us into if there was a show in Key West. Uh, I will shout out to, is it Burrito Records? Do you remember this label? Burrito they did the Records. Failure Face 7-inch, Tom. Oh, let me see. What was the name of the label? Um. I thought it was burrito. I could be wrong. 
Um, they had they were not in Tampa. Yep, burrito record. Burrito. Yep. Yeah. Um, Bob Surin. There we go. Uh, Failure face was awesome. Um, straightforward. <sighs> Negative approach is the band that everybody gets name checks. But like this is a band who's doing fast, straightforward hardcore in the early '90s, and no one else was. Like we're talking '93, '94, '95 kind of stuff. Um, they were awesome. Um, and Burrito Records was awesome. I think I went to the Burrito Records store when I was down there a long, long time ago, and it was really cool. Uh, so shout out. Um, did some cool stuff on Burrito. Uh, and that's in Brandon, Florida? Something like that. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Let's go, Brandon. Okay. <laughs> well, you're leading to some questions. Um, all right. Another hardcore question. Mm-hmm. All right. Sexiest hardcore frontman of all time. Hmm. Sexiest? Wow. I know you guys this one requires thought. Stun silence. <laughs> Let's see. Um I mean we, Patrick's out of the conversation right now. Yeah, because. well the oh, least sexiest. <clears throat> least sexy. He Zero did remember, sex appeal whatsoever. Well, you know, I mean some some people like a man who keeps a shopping cart in his bedroom. <laughs> right. That was just, a re, just eats and reheats we, we Indian food. Up by not doing video stuff in that era. That was such a good era for oh. Wiley ass. Pink sweatpants, uh, perched up on a cheap desk chair he probably found on the street with a shopping cart in his bedroom. Like actually feral, paying you know $2,000 a month to be feral. Yeah, a little, little pile of tissues in the corner. Oh, God. And just, yeah, the fucking bottles of fucking... Yerba, tea everywhere. Yeah. All right, yeah. so we've identified the sexy. Um, let's say John <laughs> Brandon, um, Henry Rollins. Henry Rollins, good-looking dudes for some time. Um, um, I remember being uh, as a you know relatively hetero man, sure, sure. being taken aback by Kevin Baker from HopeCon. Early oh, Kevin sure. Baker, yeah, yeah, good-looking guy. Like everybody in that band was like a fucking male model. I was like, God, all right. We're going to have to do... This might be a whole episode, to be honest. We'll spend some time on this one. We'll do another one. We'll get to it. I'm going, um, I'm going, I'm going Paul Bearer. Right. You, yeah, I mean, you, may be, you may be hinting into some uh, proclivities there. You might be showing <laughs> up what you're into. Um, are we due for a post-hardcore revival? I think it's already happening. Yeah, that's... that's well, right, I wonder if this person means a more true-to-form post-hardcore revival, but like... That only happened once, though. Yeah, and if you're not hearing the post-hardcore in stuff, the basements, the fiddleheads, the drug church, the the adjacent world, you might be missing something. If you're looking for something like that that has a little more of a hard edge, it's out there. Go check out Narrowhead. You know, there's a lot of stuff. Narrowhead did tours in the same year with Quicksand and Helmet. Like, Mm. uh, I don't know. Right. I mean, dude, Soul Blind. (laughs) So blind. Oh, perfect. Yeah, exactly. Curse the knife. Uh, the mm-hmm. band that Nick put out. Like, yeah, no. There's a, a ton. lot of bands that are heavy and have that vibe. But I feel like post hardcore for being as as much as we talk about post hardcore, it happened once. Yeah, yeah. And it was just a reaction to like the late eighties. Well, it was a reaction to the ladies hardcore and going. Where else can we go with the sound? Uh, I don't want to be too obvious, but like grunge's uprise. <laughs> Uh, certainly impacted a little bit too. Uh, so okay, first. Mm, that's pretty close. Question. That's pretty close. It's pretty close. I, I think grunge came first, 
but roots grunge like OG Soundgarden, Mud Honey, all that stuff. Yeah, but Walter's like, yeah, we want it to be Jane's Addiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, let's see. Um, thoughts on King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard? Did not expect the band to sound like it did from the name. Correct. But I was not into it. I they're what like jammy jam jam metal. I thought they'd be like a little that. bit more like sleep or something. Yeah. Mm. And it's not. It's not. Um, I like some of it. Their discography is so prolific, and there's so many records. Uh, but aren't they all different vibes too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's, they don't have like a defined sound. No, I mean there's a there's a target, but I don't. There's a center point, I should say, but none of it stays right to it. So if anybody's got the King Gizzard record, tell us what it is. What are your some of your favorite records turning 20 this year? Okay. So Ooh. another way to frame this is what are some of your favorite records from 2004? We'll say Fuck. 2003 to 2004. All right. Let's let's talk about this. Um, first things first. Set the scene. Um, let the ambush begin. <laughs> Eric, what were you doing? How old were you and what were you doing in 2004? Oh boy. Uh, I was 14 years old, 13 going on 14. Uh, I was in, I guess I was in seventh grade. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was listening to bands like catch 22 streetlight manifesto. Yeah. Um, Thursday, uh, when they come for me, I'll be sitting at my desk. (laughs) There you go. You know it, you know the words. That's a hit, man. That's, uh, some victory records bands uh thursday was big at the time but that was also like the beginning of like a lot of the long island emo stuff so like everyone i think every like especially especially the girls that i went to high school with everyone loved taking back sunday Ooh, and right, we that clarify, was where you, you want to be in 2004 yeah mm. and to clarify you were you were living in deep queens uh border border queens long island However you want to, yeah. whatever, yeah. however Everybody people want to put it. Yeah, there we go. If I, if I, if I, this is the thing. If I talk to people from Long Island, they're like, what? That's Queens. And if I talk to people from the city, they're like, oh, you're out on the island. I'm like, all right, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I don't- yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Okay. Let's see here. In 2004. Yeah. Tom, Tom, first and foremost, where were me, you? The number one. Where was I? Where were you in 2004? Uh, what were you doing? You're, you're fresh out of MPB, right? Fresh out MPB, dating a woman that we lived with, mm-hmm. was working. Schooling a little it. bit too? No, I went, to, I went back to school in 2005. Okay, okay. So you're in between. The 2004 breakup or the 2004 relationship broke up in 2005. I was like, what do I do with myself? I get an idea. I want to put myself in hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. Yeah. Let's, let's be a lawyer. No, yeah, we're not. <laughs> Um, are you in are you in Sunset Park or Bay Ridge? Where I am in Bay Ridge at this point. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I sold that Sunset and because I couldn't have my girl living in yeah. in Sunset and Gunset Spark, you know? <laughs> um, so <laughs> we moved to uh yeah, I lived in Bay Ridge. Okay. Okay. I'm in California. I think I two thousand four I moved to Orange County from Encino. Uh and we it talk, was yeah, we talked huge, about Encino. Huge upgrade. Huge upgrade. Um <laughs> huge upgrade everybody it's almost like a patrick to, to evan upgrade level oh, <laughs> I, I think that's a comparable uh, i i do there i had some fondness and warmth for the valley 
but uh, Orange County is a much higher quality of life. Okay. Um, 2004, records that turned 20 this year. Here's the best one. Go for it. It might not be the best one. I, I think it's like it would be a consensus best one. We may not all agree here, but one with the underdogs. Sure, that was a big, 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 big record. Yes, one hundred percent. There's huge. a lot of metalcore. I mean, this is a, this is from Google. Yeah, a lot of like a lot of Sascore, Blood Brothers, the plot to blow up the oh, Eiffel yeah. Tower. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. The Have yeah. Heart, What Counts EP. Just so people can put that together. Uh, Nightmares, Bright from Ashes Rise. Hundred uh, Demons. Eric, maybe on your radar. Radar. Fuck World Trade by Leftover Crack. Oh, come on. <laughs> That's a classic. That, that was uh, my political awakening at 14 years old. Fuck. Um, all right. Um, so for me, what about what about plague God. landscapes? Was that 03 or 04? I don't know. The um, locust. Anybody? Anybody? Uh, I'm, I'm not. Oh, yeah. Annihilation oh, Time <laughs> Two came out. I like that record quite a bit. So that record's turned in 20. I love that. Um, I don't think I heard that have heart record for some years after that. No, I probably heard it like a year or so after that it came out. Um, there's another Looking voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another, another voice. Wow. Yeah. Yep. I'm sorry, uh, Eric. The Locust record was Follow the Flock, Step and Shit. Mm. Okay. Uh, I believe, yeah, okay. Is this is this accurate? Did the 86 Mentality 7-inch come out in 2004? Okay, uh, so that's 86, 86 Mentality 7-inch, 2004. I thought it might have been a little earlier than that, but yeah, that tracks. Wow. Uh, that record was great. Um, that great record. I thought lives. I could have sworn it was later. No, they stuck. They were around for a while, but the first seven inch, I remember it came out as a like uh, grave mistake pressed like three hundred copies, basically like ah, we don't know if anybody cares, and everybody loved it, and then they just popped off, and uh, yeah, and it wasn't like they were ever a huge band. They've definitely gotten bigger in like posthumously, but that record rips, um, especially now. People who are into the like street punk oi revival, if you don't know 86 mentality you you got to um so good okay yeah maybe one of my favorite hardcore seven inches from this time the justice look alive ep the first justice seven inch i love i love 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 um if you are talking about like the best of the best locking out material that first justice seven inch and the demo are right up there like and they were so good live um Career Suicide, Jed Whitey split. That's some of my favorite career suicide material. That's certainly right up there. Um, <laughs> fucked up. Probably released a couple singles this year I liked. I'm looking through. Um, Tom, any anything on outtakes for the outcasts by Sick of It All? No. Okay. I <laughs> owned it. So, Joe. <laughs> Let me um, just take a look at the the, the uh, outtakes for the outlaws. Oh, Mental Yo came out that year. Uh, low rated, uh, fantastic mental material. Rage of Discipline by Righteous Jams came out this year. Uh, I toured with them uh, in Mental this year. Uh, I put out the Mind Eraser in conjunction with Painkiller. We put out the Mind Eraser Cave LP, also one of my favorite records of this year by far. That record's still a classic. Um, <laughs> Yeah, okay, that's a good smatter. Oh, these There's are all B-sides. Like oh, Knife Fight Burning Bridges EP. I helped make the cover for this record. Um, I love that record. Uh, yeah, okay, there you go. That's 2004. We'll do a year in Hardcore 2004 at some point. This is an interesting, weird year because you are getting 
like Tom, is this where some of the metalcore stuff goes sideways because you're getting like a lot of sassy stuff? Like it seems that way. And, I'm and what it was that like the under oath? Here's some okay. Here's shadows fall. I saw some under oath thing. The you family of converge, which is like oh a, yeah, that's a big one. Follow sure. up to Jane Doe. It's different, slower. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> the sadness cool to be you. Oh, that one's got a couple good songs. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, Second cold. The, a redacted album. band came out with a big record. Champion promises kept. Yeah, huge, yeah. huge band. I can't like look. There's a really reason that they don't get talked about, but it can't be understated how popular that band was at this time. Time yeah. is this time like this? Two thousand four, five, six. <laughs> they were huge. Um, okay. Wait, so, did World of Time come out then? Or is that, that sounds three? right? Yeah. Uh, oh, maybe. Uh, you know, whenever. Yeah, it's oh three. World of the Time is oh three. Uh, Three Cheers for Street Revenge came out in 2004. And so did Futures by Jimmy World. The f- we're not, they're not hardcore, but they're Jays. Okay. All right. Jays uh, yo, 2004 sure. is a weird year because it's kind of transition. Um, yeah. You're starting to get the pushback to uh, like like the AN. Um, like what, what happened with AN in 2000? 2001 for sure was so big. It reverberated for years. Like 2001 2002 2003 you were still seeing kind of like an clones i think by 2004 that had stopped and you were starting to see stuff regress and change like there was just a tide change right then so it's an interesting year for sure uh but it is very weird to frame it as 20 years ago i'll say that um (laughs) all right uh preferred music format vinyl cd tape or digital It's all the same to me. For ease, I would go digital, but I still like buying a record. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look. Record is nice. It's nice to hold something in your hand and then all the artwork and the liner notes. But if yeah. we're just listening to it, it's, yeah, it's, I guess it's streaming these days. It's digital. I mean, digital. I, I always thought that the iPod classic is the ultimate music <laughs> invention. Uh, Yo, know, iPods are legit. Like, I miss them. When you yeah, got awesome. when you first got a big an iPad a pod uh, that could iPad I'm saying iPad when you first got an iPod well, it felt gig. like you you yeah like you felt like you could put all the music you had on there three times like anything you've ever listened to if you've ever heard yeah I, I gotta it, tell it, you the the pure unadulterated joy of getting on an air a flight with an iPod full like full to the oh, brim yeah. like I was like. Oh my God, the future is amazing. It's like 2004. I'm getting on a red eye to Boston from Long Beach. <laughs> like, this is so cool. Um, I mean, I, I, I was right on that cusp of uh, in, in my book bag on the way to school uh, for, for the early part of uh, high school, middle school. It was a CD booklet and my Walkman. And by, I'd say, ninth or 10th grade, you got the iPod. And I was like, oh, I don't have to lug those CDs everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I had a CD book. Uh, I had a CD book well into the mid aughts, even when I had my iPod for my truck, which just had a CD player. But it was, yeah, you, you, it was dated. Like it was literally. You know how hard it was to go on tour. Yo, oh my god! <laughs> to be like, I'm going to be gone for a month and a half. What CDs am I bringing? Which Tom? 
co-sign me on this. It doesn't matter how big the CD book is. By the time you're like 10 hours away from home, it feels like you listen to every single piece of music in there. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Did I, what do I do now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm tired I, of I, all I, I would for that. <laughs> I would just opt for uh, listening to Coast to Coast AM or something. Yeah. It was brutal. And before that, I had tapes that like, and because it was all a fucking psyop, they would find my tapes and like they'd record over the choruses with themselves singing. No. <laughs> so like one day I'm like sitting there and all of a sudden here like Rachel singing biggie, 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 can't you see? I'm like, I'm going <laughs> to fucking murder everybody on this fucking van. <laughs> Yo, yeah. that's an honestly... I would have been raging, but that's a fantastic. Like a, what a sigh. I mean, like so not, not nearly as bad as what I've heard other people do. Like people would like, they'd rip out the last two pages of everyone's books. <laughs> oh, that's brutal. <laughs> or like a friend of ours, out, like, a full chapter, like right near the end, like uh, it's a 20 chapter book and you ripped out chapter 18. It's gone. Oh, <laughs> that's evil. Um, Okay, uh, good good question. My preferred musical format to yeah, it's vinyl, but really it's digital. It's just yeah, you can't. Yeah, if you argue go, I really want to listen to fucking Iron Lung. You're not going to be like, let me go find that seven inch. No, you're like, I'm just gonna fucking type no, it, four eight letters it, in and fucking get the whole discography. It, it literally takes like the effort it takes to search something on your phone with your AirPods in. Like I'm annoyed if I have to type if I have to type a full name on streaming. Right, you can't guess what it is. You know my oh, algorithm. Oh. Uh, 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 it takes less than six seconds of energy to find like eighty percent of recorded history. It's it's outrageous. So, um, but it's still really cool to hold records. Still really cool. Um, yeah. Is it bad to go to a show the night of your kid's second birthday? <laughs> is the kid already sleeping? Mm, I, don't, okay. I don't have any problem with it. Okay, you're good with it. I'm Eric. not a dad, though, so. Uh, as someone with, uh, yeah, I, you know, if the kid's, if the kid, he's gone to bed, I don't see any reason why he can't slink out the back and uh, go catch the hardcore show. It's better than going to the bar, which is probably what most dads do. Okay, sure. so here's my question for both of you. What time should a two-year-old go to bed? Seven. Mm, I was going to say 8.30, but maybe that's late. <laughs> what? Yeah, you're fucking. Your kid's gonna be. It's too late. Seven. I mean, in the summer, the sun is still up. Seven is correct. Seven is the correct answer. Yo, by seven o'clock, a child, a two-year-old, a two-year-old is very ready for bed. Um, Do some go to bed later than that? Sure. I call those parents either maniacs or saints because (laughs) I am ready to put a child to bed whenever. Like, yo, winter. I've I've put my babies to bed at like. 545 oh it's dark i'll get that dinner early and I'll, I'll during dinner i'll go oh i'm really sorry we're eating so late we'll just go right to bed after this okay okay good idea dada no um wow you know, bob you're also doing you're you're all you yourself are an early to bed early to rise guy right no i'm just i'm just early to rise i'll go i'll fall asleep early. no i i'm i'm usually an 11 to 12 um, and I'll just I you know what my deal is for sleeping I'll just fall asleep like if I'm if I'm bored or tired I'll just it doesn't matter like wherever I'm at like I'll just oh, I'm gonna go to sleep 
not at someone's house, you know what I mean? But like, sure, sure. Watching a boring basketball game, I'll go to sleep. Watching a good basketball game, I'll stay up to one. I don't care. <laughs> um, okay. The correct answer is exactly what Tom said, and you also co-signed, Eric. Uh, if your child has gone to sleep, live, damn it, live. Um, yeah, right. The house is cleaned up. You didn't leave like anybody to like clean up like the fucking cake plates. Look, 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 especially second birthday. Like you can't miss the party. All that stuff. Don't miss the no. party. Don't no. don't miss any of the time. You'll you'll kick your ass for doing that. You'd be a dumbass to do that. Um, but my my significant other not too long ago was like, oh, my friend from work is going to be who isn't local is going to be in the city. Said they were going to get dinner with another friend. They invited me up, uh, but I don't, uh, you know, it's, it's, it was like three o'clock in the afternoon and we live about an hour from the city and I was like, all right, so go. And she's like, oh no, I, you know, I don't know. And I'm like, look, I can take care of the kids. Go, you know, if you don't live, you will regret it and you will always feel good living. Same time. You don't miss the big stuff for your kids. Easy, easy answers. Um, do you think rollerblades inline skates will ever be cool again? No, crossroad. I I think they could be cool again. They always think Gabriel's going to rollerblade. (laughs) If Gabriel's going to rollerblade to the Chelsea Piers, Gabriel's going to rollerblade. No, I I they I played roller hockey when I was probably like eleven years old, and they killed my lower back. I don't know what the deal was. Is that I've never rollerbladed properly. I've roller skated a ton. Shout out Guptils. but I always envisioned rollerblading. Is there a certain level of balance? Like, are you kind of like tipsy when you're standing up there on those thin, you know, inline skates? Yeah, they're, 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 uh, they're, the, the wheels are pretty thick. Okay. All right. All right. You get well, the hang of it pretty quickly. I think it's your you're baby back. Should have stuck with it. Could have been pro by now. <laughs> Could have um, been pro. Let's see here. Uh, da, 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 are CDs coming back? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, tell me more. I saw. I saw a uh, while I was at the MS Paint show. Uh, Cold God was uh, one of the bands on the show, and they had a CD there. And I said, "Hey, look at that! A CD." I think Days puts out CDs. I think it's a it's it's a good idea for entry point. One hundred percent, and because not everyone could do twenty five bucks for a, vi- a piece of you know piece of vinyl, but if you can do ten bucks for a CD, to check if you like it. And like people sell tapes, but that's. I buy them, so I'm not one to talk, but it's fucking stupid because no one's listening to a tape. Yeah, no, no. No one has a machine to play it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> Everyone's got it somewhere that you can put a CD in. Yo, you know what's funny? Yes, correct. I largely agree. I don't think I have a CD player right now because my laptop doesn't have a CD player. Got a PS5, though, baby. Do you have a PS5? You're right. Okay. I don't know if that plays CDs, though. I, I'd be... I think it does, probably, right? Yeah. I can pull out the... I got a PS2 somewhere. I got something. Yeah. Um, yo. I got a Dreamcast somewhere. It's fine. Let <laughs> me put this out there for people, because I'm excited that labels are doing CDs again. I actually have been a proponent for this for a while. The cost to make CDs is really low. This is the secret. Uh, put me in a space suit holding a gun. Always has been. When you were paying $25 for a CD in the 90s, that thing cost 11 cents. Um, <clears throat> CDs are really cheap to, pr- to press, to print, basically. Um, you're talking about even pressing a small amount, 500000 
as long as you don't cra- go crazy with a booklet, and you can go crazy with a booklet, and it's still in relatively relativity cheap, right? Um, you can make a you know five hundred CDs for six hundred bucks, easy, easy. Thousand CDs for less than a thousand bucks. So um, I think it's a smart thing. I think it's a cool thing, and exactly what Tom said. It's a fantastic entry point because a kid or not even just a kid, but somebody who's new to this as a subculture or world. Oh, cool. I'll check this out. Whereas exactly what Tom said, $25 LP, daunting, $10 CD. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, I can find somewhere to put this. Great. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station. It was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. Yeah! The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. And now do you think, all right, so here's my question in response to that. Do you ever think there was a time that like they were completely a dead medium? Because here's my question. Here's why. Years ago, um, friend of the pod, Josh Truskill, yes, sends me a picture of this like giant warehouse. Yep, mm-hmm. giant warehouse. Like, dude, like mm-hmm. CDs as far as the eye can see. Yeah, no, I've been there, Fontana. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, so so it was in Jersey somewhere, I guess. No, I think the one he might. I don't know. Maybe it was in Jersey. I know there was a big one I went to in uh, in Southern California. Um, but they were all Truskill things. Yep. And he goes, we're destroying all of them. I'm like, all of them? By the pallet, yes. And he goes, yeah, we're just going to get rid of them. I'm like, dude, there's got to be some. I'm like, he's put out some stuff that nobody cares about. But I'm like, there's got to be some use in, like, the terror and the bleeding through and stampy people. Like, there's got to be stuff you could do. He's like, dude, I've tried to bring these CDs to, like, like Warp Tour or, like, different shows that are happening. And I go to hand people free CDs, and they look like you just tried to hand them, like, a piece of poop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like um, nobody, nobody knows. Like, what the fuck are you doing to me, old man? So, so, so uh, were they that out of? Yes, yes, yes. Like unequivocally, yes. Two thousand five, six, seven ish range. I'm working at Rev. Uh, CDs fall off a cliff. The vinyl rebirth isn't there. Oh, yet it was. When's the, when's the vinyl rebirth? 08? 07-08? Uh, shortly thereafter. I mean, most 2008 was the first hardcore. Yeah. Vinyl was always sure. always kind of there. Like, look, y- y- Mental was selling a bunch of LPs. All, any band who was anything worth shit was selling selling records. Ask, the f- ask Fucked Up. They did not sell vinyl. They were selling thousands of those records. So vinyl was always there, but on a, the next step up level, like... I was at Rev, who had a vinyl base, but for example, the end of a year record, we didn't press on vinyl. It got pressed on vinyl by somebody, a, a label who was associated with the band, who was like, no, we needed this on vinyl. Um, but Rev never pressed, did a vinyl pressing of Sincerely, because it was like, eh, we don't think we're going to make any money of it. Yo, Revelation Records, if you repress Sincerely on vinyl, you will sell all of them. People want that record on vinyl, so go get it. Anyways, and especially if it was on Rev, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, 
But that was at the time. <laughs> there's actually, uh, I used to do like interviews about this where people would be like, are CDs dead? And I'm like, kind of, yeah. And it's really scary because vinyl sales hadn't caught up. Digital was this complete wild west at that point. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I bet there were more like some of those download blogs, you know, like Mediafire was certainly getting more hits than oh, yeah. people were right. clicking Walking purchase. It sold more records than fucking, yeah. Yeah, clicking purchase on Apple Music or whatever it was at the time on iTunes, you know. Um, and then Taylor Swift came along and made vinyl a thing. And well, thanks, yeah, T-Swift. You know, <laughs> the what happened was the market adjusted. The market kind of self-corrected. It was like, okay, what do people who consume music buy now? Look, I had a great friend and roommate um, who, yeah, I'll say Joey, who did the record label 6131, uh, has the record store right. in Boston want to hear it records. Please go check it out. Fantastic record store. He had more CDs than any human I've ever met. Walls like, like thousands. It, lo- it looked amazing. He worked at a record store and then worked at Rev and then worked at another record label, but he loved music and loves music as much as anyone. I think I'd ever met at that point. And he, he had a big record collection, collected vinyl, but also had an unbelievable CD collection. Like, I just can't even explain what it was. Um, and there was a lot of people who had that. And, like, even with friends who weren't vinyl collectors, like, you know, we, me, and, me and friends of mine would go meet up at Tower Records in L.A. And, you know, you just flip through CDs and check out what's in the used bins. And da, da, da. It was like the record store culture wasn't just vinyl nerds it was like oh yeah let's go go to amoeba and buy music look at stuff look at media and um you know like listen to how many episodes of axe to grind where patrick and i both get weird and wistful about the listening station at generation (laughs) records like it's like oh yeah like yo i was there twice a week three times a week and i didn't even live in the city i was just there all the time to do it um so to answer your question, Tom, yeah, it died to the point where, like, we were doing very conservative pressings of stuff wholesale, like, because we're like, we don't know. We don't want to make too many CDs and be stuck with a thousand of these sitting around. Because who knows if in five years anyone will buy CDs? And you know what happened? People still buy CDs, but not right. like they once did. Like, I wish we could get scope on these things. Like, I, I'm willing to bet. <clears throat> okay, you gave a great example. Trust kill. There was, I bet if you asked him for the numbers, like how many CDs did you print of the first Most Precious Blood record, right? Right. It would be pallets worth. Thousands, thousands, thousands. Probably five figures. Yeah. Oh, I mean... If it was less than 10, I'd be shocked. It could be as much as 20. Just because even at that point, the initial ships were down at that point from early, from a few years before that. But even at that point, it was like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have X amount of copies out at retail. You know, like that record was everywhere. You know what I mean? Like that record was at Best Buy. You know what I mean? So right. 
that's the thing people have to understand the scale of these things like you could go into Barnes and Noble anywhere in the country probably and buy the most precious blood CD what how cool is that it's cool right, right. it's cool and that's just not the way it exists anymore so we've now kind of CDs have flipped and become the like less expensive but still and that's what they were before they're an easy medium to get into and open the door and also like low key at a merch table that might be the cheapest item on the merch table now right yeah like it's cheaper than a shirt cheaper than a hoodie cheaper than vinyl cheaper than a hat so if you like the band you just saw and you want to support them but you don't really like that shirt design and you just heard them for the first time and well you're certainly not going to buy the record um oh they have cds yeah i'll buy a cd sure 10 bucks low low effort but here's something i can buy and that's like an odd, weird capitalist way to look at it. But I also find that to be true. Like sometimes people want to come over, look for something on your table to support you because they like you. And that's kind of like a hardcore kind of thing to do. But if they don't like your shirt designs or maybe they're just not merch people and they don't buy vinyl, what are they going to do? <laughs> so that's that about that. Um I got one more before I go to a couple topics that are very unpat that I want to get out of you guys. <laughs> we did answer some of these. Sorry, I'm doing the leftovers here. Uh, wow, I thought these were hardcore questions, but we got a lot of not. Would you rather pee out a marble or poop out a softball? God. Oh, God. <laughs> this is nightmarish. Uh, Look, guys. I bet I, I would go poop out the softball because I bet once that thing passes, it feels really good. Yeah, I'd probably go poop out the softball. I feel like the other thing might like really do some yeah. lifetime lifelong damage. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're all on the same page. That's the that's it's not even just like an opinion. That's the correct answer. Full stop. Um, <laughs> all right. Someone's asking for a self defense family end of year deep dive when. Um, sometime we'll do that. Sometime we'll do that. Uh, did you know that I think it was last year? Try me was 10 years old. I did. Uh, an, crazy. Ex- an excellent record. Um, really good record. Very odd, but perhaps a couple of the most accessible, uh, self-defense family tracks on that record. What's to it, me? Uh, that's, that's the, that is the record for, SDF, so maybe not for end of a year. But. I think SDF, I think it's duets for me. Um, but I also, I think Mistress Appears, which is on Try Me, is outrageous. Fantastic. Just a fantastic song. Um, okay, we're going to get some more hardcore questions. Here's my question for you guys, because you're both... More than anything, what I appreciate about you two as individuals <clears throat> is that you're thoughtful you care about the world at large. Mm. Well, yeah. but you also <laughs> understand that there's many sides to issues. Sure. That said, is hardcore in a good place for people to be getting political understanding or meaning, especially in 2024? No. 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 Start us off. 
Tom, why do you say no? Um, there's a lot of nuance to, to a lot of stuff that happens mm. in the world. And people now are too dumb for nuance. Um, and I think no matter what you say, someone's going to take it in the wrong um, spirit. I mean, there's some things, obviously, that are fucking very clear. You know, like, and Patrick always says it. It's like, you know, not to bring up, not to bring up the ghost, but like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you can be like, fuck Nazis. I mean, sure. yeah, yeah, of course. You're really going out on a fucking limb by saying that? You know what I mean? But I think, you know, I think people are not as, as willing to put themselves out there. Mm. Um, and, and more and more, and maybe, and maybe this is my old age. It probably is my old age showing like people, like, I feel like people ain't there for that shit. Yeah. Like people are like, yo, wrap it up, dude. Nope. You know what I mean? Like going to see fucking, you know, trial or fucking strike anywhere or like in bands and aura is like, not even like, yeah. you know, like, you know, Ray Capo talking for 10 minutes. Like people are like, yo, m- money. <laughs> like I could have moshed three songs in the meantime. Like what the fuck? Yeah, there's, is there's, some, there's some uh, sonic tapping right there. Tapping the. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I feel like people are not there. For, like it's more of an enter- like a form of entertainment. Oh wow! Than a place to be informed about veganism or you know or or you know gay rights or like that stuff that's political. Not yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. These these yeah socio political items, whether they're for the individual or the collective. Um, sure. Eric, how do you feel about that? Uh, do, you think, do you think that's hitting some points or not? Well, so I think politics within uh, punk, within hardcore has always been a part of it to, to some degree. And um, I think what you'll find for the most part is radical versions of politics within that. And punk, which is often... Uh, not in the pejorative sense, but it punk is often stupid and it's often a stripped down sloganeering radical type of message. And, uh, that's fine and has its place and is when it's good, it's good. I, I like certainly a lot of bands that are political, but, uh, if you're looking for nuance or for a healthy understanding of the world or a full, you know, a full, a well-rounded version of whatever it is, uh, that's definitely not the place to get it. You know, you're going to get something loud in your face generally and, uh, and, and simplistic, uh, cause that's part of, that's also part of the genre. Um, so, you know, I, it's interesting. I think the, the moment that we're in, I think for the most part, most bands I'm exposed to anyway, are, are pretty unpolitical. They're, they're out there, but, uh, I think, we still have a collective hangover of the Trump era, which continues. And I think a lot of times people are just like, yeah, man, I get it. Like Trump's a scumbag, right. you know, yada, yada, yada. We, we understand. I think people are kind of at the place people are in now, I think is more just in the like hardcore to me. It's like in punk, it's certainly entertainment, but it's also like, my connection to it has always been, even if I wasn't in a band, it's always just been like catharsis, like, like moshing is cathartic, you know, listening to the music and screaming the lyrics is, is an outlet. And, uh, it, um, you know, it, it, that's my relation to, to the genre. And, uh, yeah, politics will always have its place, but if you want a healthy, full understanding of it, you should, uh, you know, 
it's not you should seek out uh various forms of uh you should expose yourself to lots of different forms of of, of that and of develop the, your of, own of information sources sure yeah so here's here's my question because i asked that because it's it's like uh it's an you know i try to step out of these things because so often I think it's the individual speaking and be like, this is the craziest things have ever been, you know, and you, you have to stop and go, well, wait a second. I'm speaking from my perspective as a dude who I am and the way I see things and the way I've been paying attention to things. You know, I, I think there's been a lot of times where the world's been pretty hectic and hot. So I don't sure. want to, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but I do want to say, that it is an interesting time. And obviously in this country, we've got an election coming this year that I got to say, I couldn't feel more apathetic about. I didn't, yeah. I had prognosticated. I'm like, uh Oh, I have a feeling this is going to be <laughs> an election that no one I know is excited to vote for anyone. Yeah. Um, and that said, I wonder about that. It's almost like this nihilistic view of it is that I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And I wonder if it feels more pervasive because I feel that's shared in this community, you know, in hardcore. I see that a lot, um, but I also see it broadly. And I wonder if that's something that's magnified or kind of um, not magnified, amplified because there's a lot of voices saying that in a space that's largely, and I like the term used for it, Eric, unpolitical, not apolitical, not, but unpolitical, um, which isn't to say it's fully uninformed, but I don't think that hardcore right now at large would claim to be the leading place to, 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 to learn about what, what's going on in the world or this country or even your local place, you know? No, um, but I, I mean, I think in addition to like it being that, that like a, like a space for like an outlet for young people or even, you know, geezers like us. Sure. Um, uh, I think it's, it's also just like what I think is so cool about punk and hardcore and like going to, DIY venues and you know shows in a laundromat or in a VFW or in someone's yard it's like yo I'm glad that there's a thing that exists outside of the larger world like and I have a connection to it and I can can I know people within it and you know you make friends and I can form a band and be a part of it like to me that's the big like and 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 that notion in and of itself is political. Like just being being counterculture, which isn't to say against the culture, but again, but just outside of it, and and having that connection, I think is like so fucking important to like a person's development. Like you know, and uh, I think it's cool to learn about radical politics and and veganism and uh, and, and and stuff like that. No, Things, I agree with that. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Like and especially, I think that's that's a part I I try to try to put in here is that the idea of what the perspective of a 18, 20, 22, 24 year old who's getting to see these things, if that's something they haven't been exposed to, or this is their, this is the exposure point to is, is unique. And, and, you know, look, there's people all around this country who 
do look at things in like a binary way, you know, like, well, you're either going to be this or you're going to be that. You're going to be, you know, <laughs> you're going to be a Democrat or you're going to be a Republican. And I think maybe more than ever, I see this idea that uh, hardcore and, and also, to be honest, I see hardcore has become quite a bit less dogmatic. You know, there's goods and bads on that. You know, there's a lot less people who are, hey, I am straight edge. I am vegan. I am this. I am that. I'm hardline, whatever. But at the same time, it's it's starting to suss out that like, hey, grays exist. And that's cool. Like understanding yeah. that there's spaces in between definitions that uh, in themselves deserve that respect. Um, yeah. Tom, how do you feel about all that? Where do you do you see that? Do you see it from like the because I I sometimes have to sit myself down and remember like, oh, yeah, there's a young person coming to this who is is feeling the radicalness even though to me having been immersed in this for 445 years uh maybe i'm going eh, is it though you know yeah i mean i think some people are or like political just by existing sure sure <clears throat> you know what i mean and i think that's also comes with the change of over the years you know what i mean like you see an earth crisis show from 1993 everyone's as pale as i am yeah, no question. Yep. You know what I mean? Pale, you know, emaciated and predominantly men. And and it's changing and it's changing. And that's why I talk about like when I'm like, man, things are really crazy right now. I'm like, you know what, though, given backgrounds, uh, there's probably people out there who would say, you know, it was pretty rough for me after 9-11. Right, right. It wasn't really rough just, for me after yeah. 9-11, you yeah. know? Right, for 400. Yeah, I mean, I think, but I think we just see it because it's like, you could fucking every time you open up your phone, there's someone else, you know, dying, and so it's like yep. our parents, our families were never inundated with that sort of stuff, regardless of where you're from. Not in the same way, no, 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 no. I I do think about um, the only comp I can make to it is the way people talk about Vietnam and how it was covered on TV, because it was heretofore at that point it was unheard of the level of coverage, and when we compare that to now, it's completely like it's Nothing. it's right. Right. But to that point, people were like, and you just realize it's all, you know, it's gradient, you know, it's like, Oh, they got this much of the door open. Well, that's more than that's a lot. Some is a lot more than zero and they were getting zero before that, you know? Um, so, uh, no, I think it's, it's also crazy. beyond, as you said, just building on what Tom said, like beyond the uh, the racial spectrum being a lot uh, more diverse than it was uh, a long time ago. I think every show I went to until I don't know 2014, 2015 was a complete sausage fest. Now the ratio to women to men is like you know maybe it's not one to one, but it's uh, certainly a lot closer. Yeah. No. I there's a lot to be said for that. <laughs> There's a lot to be said for that because it is a changing thing. So anyways, um, yeah, I, 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 I wonder politics about, has its place, but don't, don't kill each other unless obviously the Nazis are not welcome. You can push them out, but let's, yeah, let all, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, that, <laughs> oh yeah. Bra brave statement, but let, let's not beat. let's not, that's the only thing when it comes to the political stuff. It's like, Hey, you're, you're vegan. This guy isn't. Let's not kill each other. We can all still go to the same shows together. 
Well, yeah, and I don't even know if that's a thing. I feel like that's Roger. Like that's something like Roger should be saying in like 1996. I think now skins. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I feel like now it's just sort of like to me when I meet a younger person and they're not fucking super left wing. Yeah, or they're like super religious. I go really. <laughs> yeah, like you didn't learn. <laughs> well, like I'm always shocked when someone's like like young and and very very religious. Oh, Tom, I same. I um, and that's probably shitty on my part, but I'm like, really? I, I I'm going to share. I'm going to be somewhat um, ambiguous, but uh, obl- uh, oblique on this. I'm not going to be transparent because uh, I'll protect the innocent. Uh, came across a late twenties, not involved in the hardcore, but a guy I've interacted with who very religious. And you would everything else about this person, what they do, what they're involved in, what they, you know, all this stuff. You wouldn't know that, but very casually, like, oh, yeah, of course. And uh, it was jarring to me in that same way, like, well, really? But then you realize how, like, that's not, that's not as uncommon as we might think it is because of where we sit. It is, um, and I have to tell you, Uh, the younger, I, I, ooh, man. So I've told the story that when I first hit the dare program in, you know, <laughs> fifth grade, whatever year that is, 92, 90, whatever, uh, 93, whatever. I was like, this is awesome. Cool. None of us are going to smoke cigarettes. Awesome. We all know better now. Awesome. <laughs> do, 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 dum, 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 dum. I have to tell you, I think we're going to see a huge cycle of more conservative, more religious young people. Uh, and I hope I am so wrong. But th- that's based on being a parent and seeing that some people are raising their children in a way that might align with the tone and tenor of 50% of the country. And it is sort of jarring. It's sort of jarring. Well, that's a fucking bummer. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's, that's always been the way and everything, you know, it's the slow crawl. I don't know. Uh, There's a lot to be talked about more on this because, uh, you know, you made a mention of nuance. uh, Both of you did. And um, that's what I ask. I think that, we're in a bad place if we can't speak with nuance to each other about things um, within hardcore. Uh, and that's about things outside of hardcore. But if you're talking to somebody, you know, hopefully you're on a similar starting point, even if you have different ideas, uh, the idea of people needing to share the same thoughts to share thoughts is really scary to me. So anyways, um, yeah, let's close, close with a couple quick hot takes here. Um, this one's good because I don't know Eric's take. Eric and then Tom. This is someone's hot take. Perseverance, hate breed perseverance is way better than satisfaction. Not way better, but uh perseverance has tracks. I would st- I would still defer to satisfaction, but Tom I mean it is a hot take. It's a wrong yeah. one. It's wrong. Yeah. But it is wrong. a hot take nonetheless. Okay. But not it's not satisfaction. Scorching. Satisfaction. Is the age of quarrel of the nineties? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Perseverance is not. 
Fugazi sucks. Hot take. And also wrong. Wrong. Big wrong. Coming from a young person, that's surprising. Here's the thing. I like Fugazi a lot. Eric's young, but he's not young enough. If you're somebody (laughs) under 30 and you said Fugazi sucks, what am I going to argue with you? Like, no, man. You got to give this Fox football bumper music a try. Uh, (laughs) You know what's funny, though? Under 30, you know? I would... I would say the argument is a perfect record. I would definitely t- I would take that over a lot of their early stuff. Really? Yeah, I would take argument over most of their albums. Wow. Okay. Wow. But you know, this is this is a funny thing. Like when we talk about stuff like this, like it's a funny perspective because even though we're only you know so many years apart, you guys and, and I, like there's Pretty certain funny. like you, <laughs> you you guys got you experienced records like as they came out, whereas like I got the Fugazi discography, you know, in 2004, 2005, right. Like this is everything. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like getting it in one chunk. It's kind of like, it's different than experiencing it as a progression. That's a good point. A hundred percent. hundred percent. I mean, that's, I, I, once again, everybody needs to understand that in a room of floating objects, you are a floating object and the other things are too. And how you experience things is different from how someone else does. It's just how it is. Can I just um, point something out about Fugazi? Of course. You know how like, they have like that live series? Mm-hmm. That like they pretty much recorded like almost all their yeah, shows extensive, ever. Extensive, yes. So I was just like, oh, when was the first time I saw them, right? So I saw them on it was them and Jawbox. Mm. Wow. And Mecha Normal at Roseland. They did two nights sold out at Roseland, seven thousand tickets. People That's don't insane. understand how big they were. In the five dollars a ticket because yep. they wouldn't go over five oh. bucks. Yep. <laughs> My God. Yeah, I did, that was their thing, Eric. They would not charge more than yeah. five dollars. Sure. So, yeah. So that's I'm, the stuff yeah. that I think might get lost. Seven thousand tickets in two nights. Two nights, thirty-five hundred people per night what that room's like, what the energy was like, you know, because what you see now is people getting, uh, you know, people seeing the like, uh, lectures, the 22nd clip of being somebody being yelled at for dancing too hard or those, you know, stories. Fugazi was a very, very, very good live act. Oh, so yeah, good. So Especially good. at this point, this is on like repeater, I think. Yeah. Is that possible? Yeah. Also, isn't it just cool, like going back to, to just like the broad idea of politics, like a band like Fugazi really throwing their weight around by saying the tickets are five fucking dollars. Right. You wanted a book, guys. It's five bucks. That's so cool. Uh, th- one time I was talking to someone very close to the Fugazi situation. Um, and I think I referred to Fugazi as rigid when referring to stuff about the $5 shows, some of the details like they had. Correct me if I'm wrong. All vegan, right, Tom? I believe so. I believe so, too. And so it was sort of like, hey, there's no animal products on site kind of thing, the whole thing. Um, and the person kind of stopped me and was like, I wouldn't say rigid. I would say thoughtful. <laughs> And I thought that was a much kinder way to frame it for sure. So, um, yeah, I I I mean, I've seen them at a place like Roseland where I saw like Rage Against Machine and Slayer. And I saw them at the PWAC on Long Island, which was like a giant fucking 
in you know industrial like a left you know like a, a a giant building like those dudes have you know they played fucking NYU they played you know like yep they've literally played everything I mean and I, just to have the foresight to fucking record everything is the coolest goddamn thing. If any bands out there, if you have the well, the wherewithal to like record your shit while you're out there, and you know, like, can you imagine coming home from a tour and being, like, oh yeah, we have every show. Oh, incredible, love it. All right, you know what I mean, it's so fun, cool. Truly yours is sick of it all's best record. It's yours truly, and it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I ever listened to that. One. One. That we toured with them on that one, and it's a it's a very underrated record. But it's not a, not no. the best. It's no. not a top five sick foot all record. Um, no, Crocs should be allowed in hardcore. Absolutely not. Crocs the shoes. Here's my thought. I think Crocs should be allowed in the way that they are used in athletic events. Tom, I don't know if you're familiar with this because it was a thing not when we were kids. Because obviously Crocs didn't exist. Um, Crocs are so big with like kid ball like Hoopers. Because they wear the Crocs to the gym, then put on their basketball sneakers. I mean, that's fine. So if the moshers want to crock up to the show, then put on their boots, put on their Nikes, whatever they're going to do, you better bring your A-game. But if you bring your A-game in that pit or stage dive, yo, I've seen some stage divers. If they were changing out of Crocs before they hit the stage, I'd be like, all right, yo, you know, like that that person's doing something. Yeah, I did this. I'm thinking I'm gonna, like... Like I've we've talked on here before, nothing makes me as irrationally homicidal <laughs> as people that wear flip flops and jeans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> especially the shows. Remember when that was a thing? Yeah, yeah. it was a thing for sure. It was like a Virginia Beach thing or something. And I remember being like, "God, mm. fucking damn it! You have a small t-shirt on and jeans and flip flops. Like something happens with how you run in flip flops, and you ain't moshing the flip flops. That's how you break a toe." Right. I can't stand. I don't like men wearing open-toed shoes. I don't want to look at your fucking hoof. <laughs> I will your say, hairy cover it up. What's the term? Pat, if you're at the beach. It. Fine. Right, but not in any kind of social thing. No, um, the beach is acceptable. That's it. Um, horse hoof trimming, which there's a. What is the name for it? It's a um, oh god that was on one of Pat on, on his uh, YouTube. Oh, we uh, we both had it on our algos. It's it's fantastic. It's very fascinating to watch. Is that what like, they like? Oh, it looks like it hurts, but it probably doesn't. Well, so like a, a horse can get a like. I'm talking like it's like a mani pedi. Like well, well, yeah, exactly. Well, it, but imagine if you could get a. Is like the size of a, a raspberry seed, the kind of thing that would get stuck between your teeth, like that small. A horse can get that embedded in their hoof, and if stuff grows over it, it gets like a crazy abscess, leads to these crazy infections. So, um, God, I'm forgetting the name for this, but yeah, hoof trimming is very, very necessary. Great, great uh, Instagram fall hold to fall down. Last one, guys. This one feels a little hot. Beyond Planet Earth would crush in a post glow on market. Oh. Ooh. Uh, it's been a while since I listened to it. Um, 
I'm going to say no. <laughs> but No, uh, I'd say no, but I would think if we're talking mantra. Yeah. I think Beyond Planet Earth is too far. It's like too all over the fucking place. It's just yeah, not it's good enough. Honestly, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mantra is, I think it's just not good enough. Mantra is just full on a much, much better record. Beyond Planet Earth is trying to... Beyond Planet Earth is trying to out-mantra Mantra and go like one step beyond what Mantra was doing and fails partially because it doesn't have the tracks. Mantra has tracks. I mean, is that the one with the... the is that the one with the Scott track? Beyond Planet Earth has the Scott track. Right. I missed my birthday or something. I spent mm. my birthday all alone. Yeah. I spent my birthday all alone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a certain. You know, it's. I don't know if we talk about it enough or if maybe you guys have talked about it before, but I mean, there's got to be a lot of speculation uh, and, and this could be a whole episode, but like what, like the direction Turnstile's next album. I am so intrigued as to what what goes down. Right? Yeah. Is it more like Underwater Boy, or is it more TLC? Yeah. yeah. Or do they just keep that fucking that percentage? How like fucking Bad Brains would do it, and it would just be seventy percent hardcore and thirty percent, you know, dub. Oh, you want you want a hot take? I want a hot take. I think if you listen to Glow On and you listen to Time and Space as albums, listen front to back you can hear structural flow holistic similarities glow on goes a little bigger um, obviously much more popular that's the big record you know Um, but you can see that it's I don't want to say they're the same record they're not they're not even close they're very different but you can kind of go oh glow on is them plussing up time and space sure uh, shout yeah, out to great. shout out to Sandwiches of History uh, Instagram account. If anybody's not watching it, you need to Sandwiches of <laughs> History. It's so good. Shout out to my man Barry. Um, it's a plus up version. They need so in the same way that uh, Rock for Light is a plus up version of the Roar Sessions. It's like you know, like vaguely doing the same thing, just much better production, have a few more tracks, different stuff. Blah blah blah. They need their eye against the eye. They need to change it up a bit. I don't know what that means. Uh, sonically, they need to do something that brings them to a different place. And I don't want them to go more pop accessible. But it, the yearning, the desire, I'm sure, from people would be there. But it's sort of like, could Turnstile do something? Could Turnstile see growth in the way they saw growth from time and space to glow on from whatever come to whatever comes next without going pop punk or any kind of corny garbage because I'll just say it full stop I don't think turnstile would do that like I don't see them just trying to write like I don't see them trying to write half-ass blink 182 songs so, I no, know. I think I mean they can continue. I think their upward trajectory could could continue doing exactly what has gotten them this far. That's right. Can you can you hit us with one more of the birthday song, Tom? I spent my birthday all alone. <laughs> I don't know Good if that's know. the thing. I think that's how it goes. If it isn't, it should. Good night, everybody.
Good night.